Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to DA Rockstars. This week, let's talk about Retraction Cord. There's an amazing article on Spear, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Alright, Rockstars, if I haven't gotten your attention previously about Zen Supplies, let's try a different accent. How it works. Zen Supplies, their web-based platform manages inventory and ordering of your dental supplies. They combine the advantage of having everything in one place and having a single point of reference for inventory control, ordering and budgeting. How it works. 1. Create an account and link your suppliers. 2. Review your custom inventory list. 3. Process orders with confidence. 4. Track and verify orders as the shipments arrive. 5. Control 4% of supplies budget with personalized attention. Are you ready for Zen Supplies? Visit www.zensupplies.com to find out more. Today's article comes from Spear, 7 Steps to Using Retraction Cord When Making Impressions. One of the most challenging aspects of crown and bridge treatment is the management of the gingival tissue prior to impression making. The management includes placing the gingival tissues away from the prepared tooth margins so that they can be impressed, combined with providing the hemostasis when the gingival tissue might bleed. Whether or not the impression is made conventionally with impression material or with a digital impression technique, all the tooth margins need to be captured to assure an excellent marginal fit of a lab-fabricated restoration. There are many techniques to achieve retraction, including retraction cords, chemical reagents, electrosurgery, laser tissue sculpting, and hemostatic materials that displace tissue automatically. In most cases, gingival retraction cord is the most effective and most commonly used method. Controlling the soft tissue, managing any bleeding, and exposing the margins is what is most critical. That is why the clinician needs to understand all choices available. One might choose different alternatives depending on the tooth being impressed. Mechanical displacement of the gingival tissue aside from the tooth prep margins allows us visualization and access, and we do this best with retraction cords. A survey of prostodontists in 1999 showed that 98% of those who responded used retraction cord, and half of them used the double cord technique. Back then, plain cord was the most commonly used cord, followed by aluminum chloride impregnated cord. Braided cords have a tight and consistent weave. For many clinicians, these are easier to place in the sulcus with packing instruments, serrated or non-serrated. Knitted cords unravel and fray less when cut during placement. So, in theory, easier to place. Since they expand when wet, knitted cords will open the sulcus greater than the original diameter of the cord. With either braided or knitted, there is a variety of diameters and sizes to allow for ease of placement and tighter and healthier gingival sulcuses. Ultimately, it's personal preference. One study published showed that knitted cords were preferred over braided, and there was no advantage to cords impregnated with epinephrine. It usually becomes a person's preference as to what exactly is desired. Either way, when handling retraction cord, it's important to remember to use latex-free gloves, 
because contamination of the cord with latex can have a deterious effect on the settings of the BPS material. BPS materials. This is important when a light body material is placed first into the sulcus. If it does not cure completely, it can result in inaccuracies or tearing of the fine gingival margin with the impression. Okay, cord packing instruments. Now, the end of the cord packer needs to be thin enough to be placed in the gingival sulcus without damaging the tissue and causing any bleeding. The angulation of the instrument will help in the orientation for the placement. Many clinicians find that placing the cord with a non-serrated instrument is easier as the cord won't pull back out of the sulcus. Design of the instrument is limited to the manufacturer, but many dentists utilize two different instruments depending on the tooth location. Thin, flat instruments for anterior tissue, which tends to be thinner and tighter, works quite well and rounded serrated or non-serrated work better for the posterior teeth. Astringidence hemostatic agents. Now, the astringents cause a contraction-retraction of the tissue, and the hemostatic agents constrict blood flow through coagulation. These agents will initially cause a transient ischemia shrinking in the gingival tissue. These compounds include aluminum potassium sulfate, aluminum sulfate, 20 to 25% aluminum chloride, 15.5 to 20% ferric sulfate, and racemic epinephrine, 4 to 8%. We do know that chemical impregnated cords offer, offer better sulcus displacement as you have both a mechanical and a chemical effect. When used for durations of less than 10 minutes, they cause minimal tissue damage. These chemicals can interfere with the surface detail of the impression material and with the dentin surface. So, thoroughly cleaning the dentin before using a resin bonded cement is recommended. Racemic epinephrine impregnated cord can cause elevated heart rate, blood pressure, especially if placed into bleeding tissues. And the literature shows that there's no clinical benefit in gingival retraction with this. But if you still choose to use them, the 4% is safer for cardiac patients uh, than 8%. One study examined the effect of pre-soaked cords in the microcirculation of the tissue at the gingival margin and found that blood perfusion felt marketably upon insertion of the cord with all the compounds. However, after five minutes, the decrease became less apparent and the cords impregnated with the ALCL3 and the FE2SSO43, <laughs> the epinephrine-soaked cord continued to affect blood flow for the next 20 minutes. The consensus seemed to be that the using pre-soaked cords is more convenient than cutting, soaking, and blotting before placement. Now, remember that ease and placement process is desirable. Finally, it must be noted that these three agents are acidic, ranging from 0.7 to 2.0. They can remove the dentin smear layer and can cause postoperative sensitivity. So be sure to use a cleansing and desensitizing agent. Cordless retraction. I have been a huge fan of these products as they deflect tissue and control hemorrhage and moisture. It's also so much easier to syringe it in less time and force than to pack cord. If you have deep subgingival margins, these products don't work as effectively. I've used these products and find that they work pretty much the same. Xplasly, Traxident, and Gingitrac are probably the most popular ones. They are made from a viscous paste of diatomaceous clay and aluminum chloride and require two minutes in the sulcus. 
they give excellent retraction that is non-traumatic and non-invasive. When used with a compression cap, they enhance the effects of the material. They can be used alone or with retraction cord. How to do it. First of all, there is no one-size-fits-all. First, evaluate the health of the gingiva and the depth of the sulcus. Select a diameter that looks like it will fit. If there is minimal sulcus depth, it only will accommodate a single cord technique and probably only a thin cord. A deeper sulcus with healthy tissue accommodates a double cord technique. Thin in first, followed by a wider diameter. The initial thinner cord controls any bleeding from the base of the sulcus. The cord works mechanically, but the stringent has the function of blocking sulcular secretion and hemorrhaging. Two, twist the first cord very tightly and loop it around the preparation. Overlap slightly and gently tuck it down beneath the shoulder of the prep. The cord will unwind a little bit and force the tissue laterally away from the tooth. Three, next, twist the second cord lightly and repeat the process. Again, the cord will unwind slightly and force the tissue laterally. Four, leave the cords in place three to five minutes. Five, right before making the impression, the cord should be wetted with water so it won't grab and tear the tissues when it's removed, creating more bleeding. Six, once the cord is removed, the retraction is maintained for 30 seconds. Be prepared to begin immediate syringing of your impression material. If the bleeding is persistent, then the first cord is removed. Go ahead and make the impression anyway, knowing it won't be acceptable. But don't even look at it. It will remain or will maintain reaction and given homeostasis. Once you remove it, immediately make a second impression that the sulcus will be open and not be bleeding. It does take more time and expense to do the double cord technique, but many feel the accuracy of the impression makes it worthwhile. Seven. Some clinicians prefer to put the retraction cord in before finishing the preparation. Drago and Williams reported that this produced minimal gingival lesions and the best tissue results from an operative procedure. When we compare cordless and conventional displacement systems, the results of one study showed that non-impregnated displacement cord was the least effective in terms of bleeding and impression quality. So, if you are placing cord, use an astringent with it. Using a retraction cap with the pace showed better results for ease of application, time spent, and bleeding management than aluminum chloride cord. Using both the aluminum chloride cord and paste cap, it showed best results for tissue management and impression accuracy, but was time-consuming and difficult. So, except for the non-impregnated cord group, all groups are compatible and clinically useful. Ultimately, the most appropriate technique for the clinical situation is based on your comfort with your clinical skills, your knowledge, and your commitment to understanding what your choices will influence the accuracy of the impression and the response of the tissue. When thinking about gingival retraction techniques, think about having a few options in your armamentarium to choose from. The tissue, the time, and the ease of placement will probably determine how you will decide what you will do. All will work well if done well. Lastly, who decides what cord to buy in your office? Is your purchasing assistant buying a special that you may never have used or has no idea what the difference is in the astringent agents? How many cords do you really need and routinely use? Make sure you're asking yourself these questions. It's worthwhile for all clinicians to review their protocol and understand all of the choices available.
Thanks for tuning in to Monday Mess. All links to the articles read will be found in the show notes.